0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to today's edition of the Quiggy, getting you up to speed daily. Why do some men share sex tapes? We've been reading headlines recently about NRL players, allegedly sharing them almost daily on WhatsApp. they're not the only and certainly not the first sporting team or group of men to be outed for sharing women this way. Today, we're speaking with NRL gender advisor, Professor Catherine Lundy, who's trying to make this kind of behaviour a thing of the past. And we hear from a woman who says team sharing happens regularly off the field.
1: You haven't done anything wrong. That's someone that you trusted and that person has violated your trust. So I don't feel that it is something that a woman should have to feel shame about.
0: That's journalist and sex-positive influencer Nadia Bakodi. She had a boyfriend share an intimate photo of her with a friend at a party. She says for him, it was nothing.
1: He tried explaining it away like there was like alcohol involved and they were at a party and they were, you know, bragging about sexual experiences or whatever and he was just having a brag to a good maid and he trusts this friend or whatever and yeah, so he just, he didn't see any issue with it whatsoever, that it was actually a complete violation of my privacy.
0: Today we're looking into why some men share sexually explicit videos and pictures of women and sometimes even the woman herself.
2: So I was in a, I think the best way to call it is a sexual relationship with a professional player from the A-League and the first time I was invited to stay over at his house, he was messaging me and he obviously roomed with a couple of the other players, so there was three of them there. He then asked the question whether it was just for him or whether it was for all three of them. And I turned around and said, well, no, I have not coming over for you. You're the one that I'm interested in. And so that was kind of the end of it in the text messages. And then I got to his house and one of the other players that I wasn't there to see piped up and spoke about me like I wasn't in the room and said, are you going to kiss your girl? Because if you don't, then I will. I was a bit uncomfortable in the situation and maybe I probably shouldn't be there, but After we had had sex, he sat up at the end of the bed and turned to me and was like, I'm going to send one of the other boys in. And it was as simple as that. That was when I was like, no, straight away, no.
0: That woman wanted to remain anonymous. For women, experiences like these can be terrifying. But also, in this case, she knows stories like this can end careers and marriages. We've seen the headlines that the NRL have been dealing with players allegedly sharing intimate videos on messenger service WhatsApp. NRL gender advisor Catherine Lumby says players are given comprehensive training on how to behave in these situations, including a without judgment opportunity to share stories about their off field behaviour. Catherine, why do you think those who end up doing the wrong thing? And we do have to be clear that it is not the majority of NRL players; it is a minority no, it is not. of NRL players.
3: It is, actually, why do, yeah. why, and I know from the research.
0: Yeah, so why do those who do do the wrong thing seem not to care about the consequences to them or to those women involved in these videos?
3: Great question. <laughs> I feel some days like I've been banging my head against a very particular wall for a long time. Look, the thing to say is that there are pockets of society in which we get a really toxic male bonding culture happening. We see it in elite university colleges, In fact, there's a huge problem across university colleges in Australia. There's lots of research into it, so much so that I'd be appalled if one of my sons wanted to go into a college. I'd be concerned for their safety. So, you know, it happens at elite levels. Um, You know, it's not about how educated you are or what class you come from, but it's certainly right to Australian sport. And often these toxic bonding rituals, they usually involve a lot of alcohol, but they also often involve guys bonding over women. So women are like this invisible currency they pass between them. It's really infantile on one level, but on another level it's incredibly toxic and damaging to women. So women are just kind of like the medium through which they bond. Sometimes it involves demeaning and degrading women while they're having sex with them. It certainly often involves sharing stories about their so-called sexual exploits and increasingly involves filming them and sharing that material. I mean, why do some men do it? Look, the research tells us there's a variety of reasons. Usually there are a couple of ringleaders and there are guys who I think are fairly easily influenced who want to fit in. But there's also, you know, a percentage of guys who just don't care. And that speaks to their core attitudes to women. Those sort of guys tend to divide women into two groups. There's your mum, your sister, the girl next door. They're good women. You know, you'd take someone's head off if they touched any of them. But then there are women who might agree to have casual sex with you, which brands them as a slut and you can do what you want with them. You know, it's that sort of Madonna whore idea. Mm. And that's what we've got to tack at its roots from kindergarten up. This idea that boys and girls are fundamentally different. This double standard around female sexuality, which says boys are studs when they start exploring their sexuality and girls are that terrible, horrible word, sluts. You know, that double standard is still there in our schools. And I just think we have to get a lot better about talking openly about how the gendered nature of our society is destructive for men as well as women, because it cuts men off from being the carers and nurturers that they can be. And many men want to you know, be more involved with their kids, for instance. They don't want to be chained to a desk. If we can sort of dilute these gender stereotypes, I think we'll go a long way to addressing some of these really hardcore questions like sexual assault and domestic violence.
0: Are you witnessing – I mean, you've worked with the NRL for a while now. Are you witnessing mm. a shift to the
3: positive in this instance? Well, your listeners aren't going to believe this and I wouldn't blame them. But, yes, I've just finished a third big research project and what we've found is largely very positive. And I can tell you because, you know, I, I have occasion to go to events for the NRL and I meet footballers who are current players, the vast majority are furious about this stuff. They want the focus to be on the game. A lot of footballers do heaps of community work that they don't publicise. So the vast majority are guys who really step up to the plate as role models and as members of the community. And, you know, all of this stuff takes the focus off the good stuff. And quite rightly, there are plenty of women listening to this who, whose sons or daughters, for that matter, might be thinking of playing league and they might be thinking, well, I don't want them playing in that game because the reputation is set by the headlines.
0: What do you say to those players who have been educated by a program that you've helped put together, who still do the wrong thing, even though they know better? Is there anything we can say to those men who will only see women as that commodity that you spoke about? What can we say to them? What can we do to try and change their perception? Is there anything we can do?
3: Well, I don't know. And I'll tell you what I would say to them if I was in a room with them. I would be saying, you have no excuse. You know what the right thing to do is. You don't care. And if you don't get it, get out. They have had more opportunity than most young men. They've had excellent support and education and they choose not to care. Well, I don't want to see them on the field personally.
0: ABC journalist Jordan Hayne reported a story last year that uncovered a culture of closed Facebook groups where men shared and bragged about their pickups with accompanying pictures and videos. They called them lay reports. These were supposed to be ways where men were teaching each other how to pick up women.
1: When you look at the way women are described and the graphic detail in which the sex is sometimes described, I think that's a pretty hard justification to, to sort of support. I think, and, and certainly some people I, I spoke to, in my story about this, agreed that it did seem to be more about big noting themselves and and sort of showing off their conquests, for lack of a better word. In reality, they often descended into, I guess, what you could call bragging, you know, images of women that members claimed to have slept with being shared. Some of those images had been taken in the bedroom during these encounters, and, and some even appeared to have been taken without the women's knowledge or consent. Certainly it appeared that they were being shared without their consent.
0: We'll leave the last word with Nadia. She has this message for any man thinking of sharing an explicit video without permission
1: don't do it step away from the phone if that is something that you're thinking of doing potentially you don't have the emotional maturity to be in a relationship where you're sharing those sorts of vulnerable intimate images with someone if a woman has said that she's happy for her image to be circulated that's her right and her choice and that's a completely different thing but unless this is something that you have really explicitly discussed with your partner then it's an absolute violation of that woman's trust and of her privacy.
0: That's all for The Quickie today. To check out more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.